This is Closer to the Fire from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada with a focus on the persecuted church around the world. I'm Greg Musselman. Well, on this episode, we're going to bring our attention and focus a little bit closer to home if you live in Canada, where I do. And one of the questions that we want to ask is, how can the followers of Jesus in Canada, the U.S., and the Western world cope with today's eroding religious freedom and increased hostility to the gospel and be salt and light that is currently a major challenge. And a lot of people in Canada that I talk to really concerned about what's happening in this nation and also to other Western nations. Joining me to talk about how the followers of Jesus can respond to the current world dilemmas as well as treat each other with grace and truth. Certainly that is not easy is Paul Estabrooks, my good friend, and he has spent many years serving the persecuted church around the world for over 40 years and 38 years of those with Open Doors with Brother Andrew. Paul is a wonderful storyteller. He is a teacher and an author of seven books, including Escape from North Korea, Night of a Million Miracles, The Inside Story of Project Pearl, and his latest book, the one we're going to be diving into, an excellent book. We'll be talking a lot about this. It's called Living Like a Lamb Among 21st Century Wolves, Balancing Grace and Truth. Paul, welcome back to Closer to the Fire and always good to see you. <laughs> and you too. It's uh, great to be here. Now, before we start the interview and talk about your new book, just want to read a couple of comments from those who have endorsed your book uh, from your good friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, who is the executive director of Go Teach Global and radio teacher on Men Alive. And here's what Jim had to say. This book is a winner. It contains transformative life lessons for all who read it. And from Floyd Brabell, he's the CEO and my boss, actually, at the Voice of the Martyrs Canada. Here's what Floyd had to say. The knowledge gained by walking with those who suffer for righteousness makes Paul the ideal person to help tackle the issues of faith under pressure. And I certainly would go along with both of those comments. So, Paul, first of all, why did you write this book? Well, it's one that's been coming for quite a while, Greg, back in the uh, turn of the century, actually, when we started working on a project called Standing Strong Through the Storm, a seminar that uh, Dr. Cunningham and I teach together. Uh, in fact, we just came back from South Africa uh, sharing it there. Uh, we have been concerned about the continued growth of opposition, I think is the best word, I mean, we work with persecuted Christians around the world, and you and I know just how terrible some Christians have life, and, and it is um, it's just almost inexpressible. And so, you know, it's, it's like anything, when you compare yourself to them, our problems are small problems, but at the same time, for people who live in our countries of the West, who are Christians, they're becoming more and more concerned about the limitations on freedom and, and the, the very strong opposition to biblical standards and biblical anything. Uh, biblical anymore almost is, is uh, something that is almost uh, laughed at. And so we, uh, I wanted to do something that would share what we have experienced from the persecuted church in a sense what lessons have they taught mm -hmm. us in our years of working with them uh, that could be of help to christians in the western world yeah and again it is such an important book um 
because it does, you know, talk about some of the challenges in the West. And now, again, you and I've traveled and, you know, have had extensive, you know, interaction with persecuted Christians. And in some ways, you know, at least this has been my experience, Paul, is I have minimized some of the things that are going on in our country here of Canada and for those that are listening in the U.S. or wherever, in countries where there's a little more freedom and there's not the hostility in places like Nigeria or Pakistan or yeah. India. But I think that is, I've come to really believe that that's become a danger for us as believers here. We we don't want to say, well, this happened and I got sick and that's persecution. No, it's not. It's, you know, it's for righteousness sake, but there is opposition to the gospel wherever we are. I mean, we know from the Bible, if you desire to live yeah. a godly life in Christ Jesus, you will be persecuted. So right. I think it's important to recognize and not to overstate it, but certainly not to understate it either. Exactly. And I, I think that the, the whole thing is that uh, I, I think the chili peppers uh, illustration is the best one for our listeners uh, or viewers. The, um, the, the characteristics of opposition that Jesus describes, for example, in Luke 6, um, uh, 20, uh, 22, um, Jesus says that you are blessed when men hate you, exclude you, insult you, and reject you. And he gives the reason, because of the Son of Man. That happens because of Jesus in you. So any kind of opposition should not come because you're a nasty person or, you know, or you're showing your, you know, innate humanity, uh, yeah. but because of Jesus in you. That's right. But, but then again, that those uh, characteristics can be experienced like, like um, or let's use the Indian... Um, curry example of mild medium or hot and you and i work have worked in areas where christians experience very hot mm -hmm. persecution but those same characteristics especially insults and exclusion and rejection and hatred uh, are experienced on a much milder form but it still is opposition and we need to know and um, my feeling and the reason for writing the book is I feel that Chris, some Christians in North America, especially, uh, are not responding very graciously. Uh, if you read, you know, uh, some of the uh, comments made by Christians, even to other Christian writing yeah. uh, on on social media, it's it's pretty strong, pretty strong stuff. Yeah, we again. You put grace and truth in uh, in the title of the book, and I. It's something yeah. that's just interesting because I've been thinking a lot about that. Okay, Jesus came with grace and truth, and mm -hmm. if we just say, "Well, we're going to accept everybody, no matter what," and we and we do in that sense that we love everybody, but if there are things that they are doing that are contrary to scripture, including in our own lives, we need to speak up for it. And, uh, and I can't remember if it was, maybe it was in your book and I've been had a couple other books that I've been reading as well, but just talking about if we just accept everything and never speak the truth, well, that's really not grace. And if we go the that's other right. direction and it's just, you know, it's truth and God's holy and we can get into legalism and religion. Uh, so yeah. the, the only one I know that could balance that perfectly was Jesus. But Paul, that's yeah. what we're called to do. That's right. He's the ultimate model and, and his life was described by John in that prologue of his gospel yeah. as full of grace and truth. And of course the word grace comes first, but equal they're they're 
their balancing equals. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I love um, Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, description of uh, and when Jesus gave his uh, disciples the uh, command to go out like lambs among wolves. That's where actually the title of the book comes from. Uh, he said to them in Matthew's gospel, uh, be wise as snakes or serpents and harmless as doves. And uh, Dr. Martin Luther King has has done a sermon that is, I've just read it. I didn't ever hear this. I wish I could have because he was one of the greatest orators in America. And uh, he wrote, and even just to read his sermons are just is just fantastic. I think, and he talks about uh, what Jesus is saying here is that we need to have a tough mind and a tender heart. Mm, yes. That's his contrast there wise as a serpent harmless as a dove um we do that by having a tough mind and being really straight to the scriptures but a tender heart um and he says that's the only way that you can confront an an uh, an an oppositionist or an enemy whatever term you want to use um with um you know, contradicting the sin, if you will, or the essence of what you're what you're uh, talking about, and and loving the person who's saying it at the same time, you know, and uh, that that was Jesus. So uh, we need to learn every bit we can about how to be more like Him. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, that quote from Martin Luther King Jr., I had never heard it before, but when I read it in your book, uh, I was quoting it to to a lot of people. I said, boy, you know, that that tough mind, you you have to have that, but you also have to keep this thing soft. And uh, again, there's yeah. that, that challenge, and it'll be a challenge till the day we die, but that's something that, you know, we are called to. And unless we can Again, balance that. Uh, we're not going to be as effective to be that salt and light that uh, that we want to be. Paul, I just want to quote some of the things that I read in your book, and I'll get your comments on it. Uh, and this comes very close to home here in the province of Alberta. So you have a, a public school board in this province that ruled that certain passages of the Bible could not be read or taught in Cornerstone Christian Academy. That's a private Christian school in that jurisdiction. Not public school, Christian school because they contain hate speech. The board chair, who was strongly anti-Christian, went through the Bible, can you believe this, with a highlighter, and I'm noting the passages that could not be read or studied in the Christian private school. She was especially offended by the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, and I'll just read that here. Uh, this is uh, Paul writing to the Corinthian church. Uh, or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, and neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters or adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Paul, I mean, this is a Christian school. I can understand yeah. if it's a public school, but this is a Christian school. And there's been those that have been predicting things like this might happen in the future, and uh, it is happening now. And again, right here in Alberta, where I live. Yeah, well, this this is basic opposition to the Bible. It just happens to be that school, but it can happen in other aspects of um, business or whatever, wherever 
wherever you're quoting the Bible or you believe the Bible, uh, it's offensive to people who don't believe it. They are, in fact, I think it challenges their conscience uh, personally. But um, that opposition is something that I think we will see uh, coming um, uh, strongly. On the on the other hand, there are other people who are not even Christians who are defending the Bible. So we're mm -hmm. in an in an era like uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson is an amazing guy. Mm -hmm. He's always getting young people to read the Bible. He does not even claim to be a believer or follower of Jesus per se, uh, but but young people are reading the Bible today because this professor is telling them that the psychological principles in this book are what we need for a society that is in order and not in chaos. Uh, so it's really interesting, Greg, that you get some educators who just hate the Bible and they and they won't even give it a, a, a second look or even allow you to explain perhaps why the author is saying that or what the background is of it. So we, we have to be prepared for the fact that um, we are going to be hated because what we believe is classed as hate speech from our the book that we follow, uh, which, is, which is really, it's actually very ironic, isn't it, that a, a a book that teaches people how to live peacefully and lovingly and joyfully can be hate speech. Yeah, and you wonder how many of these uh, folks that are attacking the Bible have actually read the whole Bible, you know, just picking certain scriptures. I mean, Jesus was a, you know, he loved people, and that's what he's called yeah. us to do. But he also tells us things that, you know, will harm us if we continue down that road. And Again, we live in some very interesting times, and uh, Jordan Peterson, again, a uh, good Canadian guy, and he's, of course, yeah. faced lots of opposition, uh, you know, for his stand yeah. on, on you know, traditional marriage and other things. Um, yeah. You know, he's just an amazing guy. And again, you quoted him. I'm hearing a lot of him being quoted, uh, you know, in churches and in other books and podcasts. And, uh, you know, he's kind of the man of the hour and an important yeah. person, uh, you know, at this time in history because he speaks that out. And he's so intelligent. Anyway, if you don't know yeah. who Jordan Peterson is, Google his name. I've oh, listened yeah. to some of his podcasts, Paul, and I'll be honest. What what did he just say? Especially when he, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but he's uh, he's he's a great guy, and I I just really appreciate him. Yeah. And he's uh, he's yes. he might be having some issues with his uh, you know place of teaching in Ontario, but uh, he's filling uh, arenas across Canada because he's speaking truth, and and we so appreciate right. that. Uh, another quote here uh, from the book, Paul, and this comes from an American conservative writer by the name of Rod Dreyer. And uh, he says, and this, he, again, he's coming from the American perspective, but I would also say that it, you know, is the same here in Canada in very, in very similar ways. So we're fighting uh, for the right simply to practice our religion without being punished by the state and the culture. And it's a fight we're losing. Is that how yes. you feel as well, Paul, that uh, yes. we've, we've either lost it or are losing this fight? Yeah, well, we're, we're essentially losing it in terms of, um, political um, positioning like we've had um, many uh, people like just this week I was up in Ottawa talking to some members of parliament and I was delighted to find out how many Christians there actually are and unfortunately most of the Christians in our country and in the government levels are backbenchers and it's the party that decides the policies they 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 can make they can speak their 
their piece at the caucus meeting, but it's a, it's a real challenge. And uh, more and more in the United States, you're seeing antagonism to Christian values and Christian perspective. And Rod Dreher is an Orthodox uh, believer and a really sharp um, conservative writer in the country. His latest book, Greg, is really an excellent one. It's called Live Not by Lies, which was a statement by Alexander Solzhenitsyn when he was here in the U.S. And uh, what Rod Dreher did was he interviewed a whole bunch of Americans. Now, these are Americans, people living in the United States right now, but they came from Russia, the uh, yeah. Soviet Union era, and from Eastern Europe. And they see what's happening in, in, in North America as what they call soft totalitarianism. Okay. And it's, a, it's not the uh, smash them, send them to the gulag totalitarianism that they knew in, the, in, their, in their countries at the time, but they say it's the same old lies and it's what's happening in our culture. And they're actually very, very disturbed as they see what's going on, more so perhaps than those of us who have lived in it, you know, most of our life and have just absorbed what's happening. So we are we are facing incredible challenges. And I don't think in 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 the big picture we are not winning. But then Jesus always said it's the narrow road, that's the way, the way, not the broad road. And I mean I think we always will be a minority. But um, because of the culture of North America being such from such a, a broader Christian background, I think we, we expect it to stay that way. And it's just, it's not staying that way. No, it's not staying that way. And, uh, and certainly there is reason for concern. You know, and you think back to when Jesus had, you know, the famous Olivet Discord, uh, when he said, you know, as we get towards the end and the closer to his return, uh, the hatred yeah. against Christians is going to increase. But yeah. there's maybe something in our minds, Paul, from the Western perspective. Now, you and I are um, a little different. This is not saying we're special or anything. We've just been exposed to our persecuted brothers and sisters that have gone through such extreme uh, you know situations of persecution i mean you and i've met you know many many widows and children whose husbands were killed and you know villages uh you know burned down and many people were killed you know think of nigeria more than 6000 believers uh, in jesus were killed last year because of their faith or identity with jesus but for some reason we don't think that that's going to happen in canada um is this, in a sense, a good thing? I'm trying to find some good out of this, but that we are waking up to the reality that if we're going to follow Jesus, we're going to face opposition. Oh, yes. I think it's a very good thing. We have to become realistic. Uh, and otherwise, we could, you know, we could be taken by surprise. I mean, it's, it's always best to be prepared for what may come. Um, and, you know, as you say, you and I may not live to see the day when totalitarianism takes over our, our country, but if it should, it would be our children and grandchildren's era. And, of course, we have the uh, legacy of uh, the Christian faith to leave and share with them. But everyone needs to be prepared for what, what uh, could be happening down the road and being thankful now that we have the freedoms we do 
and do everything we can to maintain those freedoms. You know, we're not giving up. No. But we also realistically need to be aware of the fact that we, that there's going to be growing opposition. Uh, and as you say, the closer we get to Jesus coming, the stronger it's going to be. You know, Paul, I like people to like me and uh, people to like you, <laughs> like people to like you too. I think we're likable guys, hopefully, most people uh, like us. Um, but if they're going to hate us uh, and, you know, you know, say things against us and all the rest of that is that it's because of our love for Jesus and we're serving him. Um, but we're seeing, especially in the U.S., there's a lot of pushback, you know, towards some of the things that are going on when, you know, towards traditional marriage, um, in euthanasia, oh, yeah. abortion. Uh, now, the challenge is, yes, we need to push back, but we also have to push back Again, we talked about it before with grace. Yes. I'm an emotional person. I'm, you know, I think of my uh, maybe my hostility or whatever, especially when I played sports. That was really when it came <laughs> out. But my my reaction is to fight back, and I think we need to fight back. But Paul, how do we fight back in a way? And again, you included, you know, grace in the title of your book because that is a part of the way that we fight, right? It is. And it's a part I think that uh, we as believers have not had to think about so much um, because we've been um, uh, somewhat of a majority uh, thinkers in our countries, and um, now we're now we're at a point where, uh, as a minority group, um, we need to remember that the way we we share truth is as important as the truth itself. Uh, and and we come back to that whole balance of of grace and truth. So Jesus um, spoke out against the religious leaders of his day very strongly. I mean, they're the ones mm -hmm. that took the brunt of any of his very strong message. But at the same time, he was he was. Uh, I mean, John, who writes about him, says uh, grace came first. So he goes, Jesus was full of grace and truth and uh so that balance of those two things is very very important and i'm, I'm just feeling that we're losing the balance on the grace side these days as as we become fairly strident in opposing what we read or hear especially in so social media is where it's yeah. most evident yeah I mean, even Ed Stetzer, who's one of the guys who's very much into social media. In fact, I follow his Twitter feed, and he he says messages that people share in response to other messages on social media shows human depravity greater than any of the reformers could have expressed it. No, that's not easy to hear, man. No, but not it, at all. But it is a natural uh, reaction uh, when you feel that the things that you really care about and stand for are being trampled on. And yeah. again, that's, you know, I was just in a, at a conference in, uh, you know, Southern Europe uh, with uh, Christian leaders from North Africa and the Middle East. And, you know, they're talking about engaging in their culture. And, you know, as I'm listening to it, I, you know, and I, okay, I understand that, but how do we engage in the Canadian culture when it's not so much, it's an ideology, certainly secularism, like whether it's Islam yeah. and, and the countries that, uh, you know, that uh, they're trying to reach Muslims for Jesus uh, and in trying to engage 
And, and that's not always easy, Paul, because when we get, you know, uh, defensive and we start pushing back, then uh, it can cause more damage. Yes, it, it certainly can, unless we do it uh, graciously. And it, that's, the, that's the hard part, because um, our emotions sometimes become so uh, forefront in our, our um, reactions and in our speech, in our writings, that, um, that we forget the fact that um, the, the way we communicate it is, is as important in our culture as, as what we say. I mean, I mean, even our wives tell us that, right? I mean, my wife says, oh, it wasn't what you said, dear. It's the way you said it. And um, I, I have to realize, too, that, that uh, the, the way that we communicate and, and the way that we show respect, I think the word respect is a good one because, you know, we still should respect the person. They are people made in the image of God. Every one of those, even those we consider our enemies, are people made in the image of God. And as a result, they deserve our respect. Um, and so I think uh, perhaps the lack of respect these days is one of the things that makes the uh, grace element look shallower than it should be. Yeah, and we know that grace is so, so powerful, and we need to walk in that. You know, my wife Arlene and I, we often have these discussions about we have to have the love of Jesus in us, or we won't be able to display that. That's, you know, it's just you're you're going from a well that's empty, and we need to continue to be yep. filled with God's love. And then even knowing people will disagree with us, uh, and again, in our culture, it's more that unless you accept somebody else's lifestyle, you're not accepting them. And again, that is the the challenge that we're going to face until we're with the Lord. But, uh, you know, he's given us his Holy Spirit. Uh, he's given yeah. us his word. And uh, we have to really be studying that. And, you know, discipleship is so important. Again, going back to this conference I was just at, uh, you know, discipleship in all these nations and where if discipleship isn't happening, people fall away. Uh, you know, they may have even had an incredible experience with Jesus, a dream or a vision. And yet if that discipleship is not there, then we can really be in danger of, of our, you know, relationship with him. And we need to be continuing to pursue that. Um, I want to read another uh, quote from Oz Guinness. Many people know him uh, very often quoted in uh, sermons and in oh. books. And uh, uh, Oz Guinness, uh, he's an English author. He's a social critic. Um, and uh, he's, he's always got, you know, very wise things to say. He says that we must engage secularism and atheism in new ways, confronting compelling ideas with discernment and fresh articulation of faith. Christians are called to be, and I like this, impossible people. And yeah. impossible people full of courage yeah. and mercy in challenging times. And I mean, that kind of summarizes what we were just talking about. Exactly. Um, in fact, Oz's book is titled impossible people that I quote that from. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he, he actually lives in Washington DC, uh, but he's uh, of British origin. And uh, in fact, the Guinness family who make the brew, um, is his background, and uh, he's a strong Christian, and what an, wow. a brilliant, he, he's, uh, I, I would say he's the ultimate Christian counterpart to Dr. Peterson. I mean, he's 
he's he says so many things like you say that you go like whoa what, what was that quoting machine right quoting <laughs> machine yeah right that's why he's quoted right, so much uh, yeah. yes but he makes he makes this case that if we are going to um, not just survive in a in an opposition situation but thrive if we're going to thrive not just survive then we need to be what he he calls impossible people and and that's impossible without the holy spirit of god helping you to um, to live the fruit of the spirit and so it's it's that fruit of the spirit that's that's shown in our lives and in our in our even in our opposition to those who are critical of our lifestyle our christian worldview which which is really what's what's the uh, issue here uh, then that we need to be those who are able to really uh, live the Jesus way. And uh, I, I, I really like the way that he expresses that. Yeah, and he expresses it so well. And uh, again, he's somebody that is really speaking to culture and, and particularly the church and how that we can you know, be those effective people walking in, again, that grace and truth. I got one more I'm going to quote from your book, Paul, because I want people okay. to get it. Um, again, I, I had a, I didn't want to quote the whole book, but, you know, it's one of those, and I was actually um, traveling when I was reading it and uh, just couldn't put it down and, and rereading because, again, I, I've been wrestling it, you know, through some of these things and and you're articulating what many of us are thinking because we're seeing even division in many of our church denominations. Uh, yes. Those that are saying, right. no, we're, we're going to be all inclusive. We're not going to offend people. I don't, I mean, these are wonderful people. These are friends, people that I have loved and still yeah. love and care about, but it is, you know, especially on the, uh, the issues related to marriage and abortion and, you know, some of those, uh, you know, hot topics that are happening. And, and I understand where they're coming from, but again, walking that very difficult line is, is hard. So here's something that uh, comes from, again, from your book and is a quote here, uh, the former president of the well-known Moody Bible Institute and theological seminary, J Paul Nyquist, warns in his excellent book, Prepare, Get Ready. An exciting yet terrifying era is beginning for American believers, and I would say Canadian believers as well. Uh, these cultural things that are sweeping over our nations, uh, it is causing a lot of anxiety. But it's interesting how he says we're in exciting times. And I've you've probably heard this too from many uh, missionaries are saying, we are living in the most exciting time to be a follower of Jesus but also the most dangerous time as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, uh, Paul Nyquist's book is uh, is an excellent one. Also, I, I uh, review it somewhat in the, one of the chapters later in my book of uh, things I've been reading and where I've gotten a lot of this from. Uh, in fact, that his, uh, his book called Prepare uh, was a book that our small groups at our my home church uh, were using for a while. They went through that whole that whole book of his about how we prepare uh, for the days of challenge, and um, and and then and and for it to be exciting. You know, I mean, he says it's uh, it's challenging time, but we have we have 
um, the Holy Spirit with us to help us and to guide us and direct us. That's why Jesus left him for our our uh, ability to be able to follow. And so as we as we uh, allow ourselves to be filled with his spirit, and I always loved George Verwer, who's still living, I understand, yes. the uh, founder of Operation Mobilization, or as the code word for it in other countries is orange marmalade, <laughs> O-M, um, Operation oh. Mobilization. But George, when George was speaking, he would so often say, I need to be filled by the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. every single day. And the reason is I leak. <laughs> yeah, so you, and I leak. Yeah. And boy, do I need that filling. Uh, and, and, and I think all the more so as we see the day approaching and as we live in challenging times, all the more do we need to be under the direction of God's spirit and asking God to help us to show that grace along with the truth that we want to declare. You know, as we were, as we've been talking about, you know, that, that balance again, between grace and truth in our own strength, Paul, not possible, but yeah. the reminder, and again, I'm glad you clarified that again too, because we have the Holy spirit. He has not left us, yeah. uh, you know, just kind of on our own, he is yeah. guiding us, and he's got more invested uh, into the kingdom yeah. of God than we do. And we can yeah. feel desperate at times. And, you know, we're both grandfathers, and, you know, we, okay, we're, you know, getting closer to the end of our time on this planet, uh, you know, and our kids, you know, hopefully they're, you know, solid in their faith. But what about the grandkids? What about, you know, the yeah. generations after that, if, you know, Jesus tarries and, you know, it's times, okay, well, now we're really in the end times because look at all the things that are going on. you got these wars. Well, we've always had wars, rumors of wars. Yeah. we got earthquakes, like the massive earthquake that hit Turkey and Syria, uh, you know, yeah. pestilence with COVID-19 and all these things that are happening, the increase of the, you know, the hatred and the persecution of Christians, all these things are happening. Well, Jesus must be, it just must be around the corner. But we don't know. It, it might still be a while, but uh, we need to, again, be training our children and our grandchildren, you know, discipling them and helping them to be strong in their faith and those in the Christian community and not be ashamed, as Paul said, of the gospel of Jesus, you know, when he, yeah. you know, the Roman Christian. So we need to stand strong. So all that said, Paul, you wrote the book, um, getting great reviews on it. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs, we are offering it. Uh, it's an important book because of the times that we're living in. Um, are you optimistic? Uh, yes, I yes I am. I, I am a eternal optimist, and mainly because I follow Jesus, and I think He was too. Uh, and and uh, as you mentioned, Oz Guinness uh, titled this book called "The Impossible People," and I and the task that we have ahead of us in our human flesh is impossible. But with God, um, God plus one is a majority. Uh, Brother Andrew used to say that all the time. I love that. God plus one man is a majority. So we have the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us and to help us to become those impossible people who can live the balanced life as Jesus did of grace and truth. Paul, before we close, and I always like to uh, end my podcast with prayer. So can you pray for us, uh, you know, as believers in Canada and uh, wherever people yeah. are listening? And even if you know, you're listening from a country where you're enduring pretty violent persecution, um, that that 
we're all this in, in this together. We are the body of Christ. We're all followers of Jesus. Yeah. So, Paul, can you pray for us? Yes. Heavenly Father, we are thankful people, thankful so much that you have provided uh, the way of truth through your son, Jesus, the way that enables our sin to be covered by his sacrificial death and the power of his resurrection to give us life, eternal life, and the ability to live life through the power of your spirit now. And so, Father, we pray for the church in your world. We thank you where it's growing so fast, even in restricted areas. And we know that that's because of your blessing and your direction and your empowerment. And so we in the West, Lord, are seeing challenges every day, more so than ever before. And I pray that you would empower your church here to be those who live the Jesus way, yes. who balance their uh, grace and truth in the witness that they share. Help us to be those who become like the impossible people that us Guinness uh, predicts we are to be in order to be those who thrive and not just survive. Mm. So Father, we give your, I ask your blessing on each one listening today that they may be those who um, realize that they can be an impossible person, but they can also do it because of Jesus and to be like Jesus which is what we all desire. And we thank you for the power of your spirit mm -hmm. to enable us to be that. In yes. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to encourage you, our listeners, and those that are viewing this podcast to get a copy of Paul's book, Living Like a Lamb Among 21st Century Wolves. This is such an important book, especially because of the times that we're living in. You can order a copy from the Voice of the Martyrs Canada, and I will put a direct link. It'll take you right there to order the book on the episode notes. And you can also order it, as well as Paul's other books, from his website at paulestabrooks.com. That's paulestabrooks.com. And uh, so, Paul, again, thank you so much for uh, all you're doing uh, you know, decades and decades of working with the persecuted church, and uh, and I and I so appreciate you. You're an inspiration to me. Uh, you're a friend. Uh, I consider you a mentor in the persecuted church and the work we do. Um, and that uh, when you left Open Doors, about the time I was uh, getting involved a little bit, but you haven't slowed down. And uh, no. I think it was Billy Graham that said, you, "There's no retirement, right?" And no. uh, no. for those that follow Jesus, so uh, keep up the great work and appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the opportunity to share. And remember, the closer you are to Jesus, the closer you are to the fire.